0: Welcome to Cars, yeah, show number 771.
1: Well, you got to write about what you know. You got to be enthusiastic about your characters. You got to let them breathe. My characters really wrote the book for me. Once I set the framework, they just went to town within that framework. And I was just typing as fast as I could to get it down.
0: Hey, Dan, are you buckled up and ready for a fun
1: ride? I am. I've got my five-point racing harness on, and I am ready to uh, to put the pedal to the metal.
0: All right, cool. I love it when my guests show up ready to go. J. Daniel Jones is the author of the novel Carality, a tribute in New Orleans. Dan spent eight years as a producer, director, and host at a television station in San Diego, California, where he lives and where I grew up. He received seven Emmy nominations and three Emmy Awards. And once he left the TV station, he spent the next eight years as a writer, producer, working on large budget videos for clients including Intel, Siemens, and Motorola. Finally, he was able to use his talents and passion for automobiles to work on automotive programs on ESPN2 and the Outdoor Channel. He covered events including the Carrera La Panamericana, Hot Rod Magazine TV, Drag Week, and many others. His book, "Chorality" is his first book, And it's a novel about the television and special events industry. Dan's storytelling talents make this 600-plus page book a must-read for all automotive enthusiasts. I like to call it the war and peace of car books. And one fortunate Cars subscriber is going to receive a copy of this book, Carality, compliments of Dan, and he's going to sign it for you, too. So to be eligible, go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button, I'll send you my filler-up book, And your name will be in the hat. So Dan, I have told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment, share a little bit more about this book before we jump into some of my questions?
1: I'd love to, Mark, and and thank you for the war and peace analogy. (laughs) I I assume you're referring to the size.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. This thing is a monster. It's it's awesome.
1: I always preface it when I send it out to people saying that this is a full-length novel. You will get your money's worth.
0: (laughs) Yes, definitely. Most definitely.
1: Okay, so Carality is, it's a book about TV people and car people and, and car TV people, which is kind of an exclusive, like, subbreed of the production world. Some of the people in the book are, are getting too old. Some are too greedy. Some are trying to do the right thing. And yeah, I guess some of them are just trying to survive. And, <laughs> and a lot of them are just trying to get over on, on someone. They, they, they want to make a fast buck. So it's, it's kind of like a, a regular car auction, at least the ones I've been to.
0: Yeah. And I, I noted there's
1: I think there's 42 characters or something like that in this book. There are a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I include a a list, a cast of characters, as well as a a chapter table of contents. It it really helps people when they're reading it. I, I get a lot of comments. Thank goodness the cast of characters were there. Thank goodness the table of contents was there. So I know when to go back to it or where to go back to it when I'm reading.
0: Yeah, that's what I found. And, you know, some of these characters, yeah, column characters, Heinrich Heinsberg. And I love the Mandy and Brandy Fukuya. Fukuya? Fukuya? How do you say their last name?
1: That sounds like as good a way as any. But, but I don't want to be too nebulous about the book, you know, and have all these grand Phrases really the book is about Andy, who's one of the lead characters, and he decides he has to sell his 68 Porsche 911 to try and fend off bankruptcy. And you can pretty much tell it's, it's not going to do much to alleviate the problem in the long run because you know, he's down on his luck and. When he arrives with his car at the auction house in New Orleans, he finds out that there's also going to be a last minute addition to the auction, an undiscovered Hitler staff car. And it's being sold with like next to no advanced publicity, which is kind of an oddity in the in the car world. Mm -hmm. And there's also a strict no press allowed policy during the auction. And and because he's there, he's selling his car, he's already registered. He has an end to be able to cover this this event of the century. And he just has to, like, get a crew, get some money get a plan, have a whole bunch of luck, but it's okay because he's got three whole days to pull this off. And, and <laughs> I think he does a pretty good job.
0: Yeah, just goes on and on. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. So I'm excited to share this with my listeners. And again, one lucky person's going to get a signed copy. So that's pretty cool. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. This is a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So Dan,
1: take the wheel. I think it would be Never, Never, Never Give Up by Winston Churchill. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Writing a book is especially your first book. It's kind of like, you know, starting your gym membership. You've got to go every day because if you skip it just once, it really gets easy to skip it again. Before you know it, it's two or three weeks and you haven't even touched it. And and I didn't want that to happen with my book. So I sat down and I said, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to do this on schedule and I need to dedicate some time. And it was the time in my life that I, I really felt I could I could devote that time to it. So you're the one setting the deadline. You don't have a client saying, OK, it's got to be done by this and it's got to be done by this time. Uh, you're the one that says, hey, I've got to reach this point and I've got to reach this point. And if you don't make it, you're the one that you have to answer to. And, you know, Mark, the world is filled with unfinished books. You know, I, I can't tell you how many people I, I meet that say, oh, I wrote a book once, but I never really finished it. And I was determined that I was going to finish that book.
0: (laughs) I can't imagine tackling a book, number one, but number two, tackling a book of this size and this complexity. Because as I mentioned, there's about 42, 43 characters in this book, 600 plus pages. The interweaving, the interlocking of everything is absolutely brilliant. So I would think that that Winston Churchill quote really fits nicely into uh, this huge, huge challenge that you took on. So, I love that. Never, ever give up. Definitely, definitely. Well, would you share a story with us that instigated your goal to write this book? Again, it's Chorality, a tribute in New Orleans. Take us to the point in time where you decided this is a story you wanted to create and tell.
1: Hmm. Okay, well, I've I've been a writer for, oh my gosh, decades. I, I was working in local TV, as you mentioned, thank you, and uh, then I was self-employed for a, a long time, and I've written literally hundreds of commercials and infomercial scripts. I mean, when you work in local TV, you do a bunch in a week. You, you'll you'll do five or six commercials in a week. And most of those I also directed and edited. During that time, I also kind of developed my writing chops, writing for magazines and newspapers. And in fact, I still write for the newspaper, for the automotive section of the San Diego Union Tribune. Oh, cool. And I've written, you know, literally hundreds of magazine articles. In fact, I quit keeping count at 400. And I have three oh my or gosh. four tubs stuck away with a copy of everything I've written in that first two or three years I started because I was so proud of it. I also wrote fiction, which is really what I enjoy writing is, is fiction because you create things. And at one time, I was the most prolific fiction writer for Easy Rider magazine. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I might still be for, <laughs> for all I know. I, yeah. haven't written for them in many years, but at the time they were like, oh my gosh, you've written more than anybody. (laughs) That was fun. Wow. Now, I've actually been thinking about writing a book for a long time, but when you're self-employed, you know, gosh, there's always some paying work to do, you know, and you're supporting your family and it's like, oh, do I want to spend hours and hours and hours doing something that may or may not ever pay off and it probably will not pay off? So, I was like, oh gosh, I want to write a book, but I don't know if I can devote the time. And then there's that whole regular schedule. I knew to write a book, I'd have have to do it at a certain time every day and not miss it. That gym membership. <laughs> <laughs> it's the gym membership. But when your client says, hey, we need to start at 6 a.m. on Tuesday, you know, that's when you're starting. You can't say, no, I can't do that till nine <laughs> <Right>. because <laughs> I'm writing my book. <laughs> you know, once I left the video production world and I, and I got a steady nine to five job schedule, I realized that, you know, I could now write a book. And the only thing that was in my way at that point was my dog, Max, who, who really needed my mornings. He really loved and we would get out and do our walks in the morning. And I figured that, you know, he was 14 years old at the time. And I figured, OK, I'll just think about the book during my morning walks. And then when Max leaves us, I'll I'll start writing. And, you know, my dog suffered a seizure and a stroke in December oh, of 2014. Oh, so sorry. I started writing the novel on Tuesday, January 6th, 2015. And I finished the first draft, the one that I was, you know, confident enough to show people and say, "Look, this is what I wrote." <laughs> yeah. But I finished that on Saturday, November twenty eighth.
0: Your motivation was Max. I like that. Very, very nice. Well, Dan, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down while you were writing Carality, and take us to some of the more challenging parts of this. Things you faced during the project that may have tripped you up or made you just stop going to the gym, if we, if you will, and tell us about how you overcame those challenges and what you
1: learned from them. Mark, I think the biggest challenge was getting all those people out of my head when they weren't supposed to be there. Yeah, you know, in, in in car alley, there are a lot of, as you mentioned, a lot of interlocking plot lines and lots of different characters. And I'd find myself thinking about them at the the strangest times. It got to where I had to carry notebooks so I could jot down random plot points and scenarios and even phrases that I wanted my characters to, to, to start using. Okay. I ended up asking my wife to start driving us everywhere instead of me driving because I'd be thinking about, let's see, how am I gonna get from this storyline to that storyline or solve this riddle that I'd written into the story and right. without really knowing why or how it was gonna, you know, be resolved. Mm-hmm. And then I'd realize I wasn't paying any attention to the road. So <laughs> it, it got to be very all encompassing. The the characters when you're in the throes of the story can be really mentally demanding and it it was really nice actually to kind of close the book and put them to bed and not have to think about them for a while. <laughs> right, you know, right. I didn't yes. want to read the book or even look at it for like the first two or three weeks after I said, okay, I'm done. It's now time for other people to read it. So I think the real challenge, though, comes after you write the book, because it's really all about the marketing, you know, especially if you're a new writer and you haven't been published and you don't have random house behind you. You know, getting people to read your book, and by people, I mean influencers such as yourself, that's a long process, and it's got to be. As you said, it's the war and peace of books.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, it reminds me of some of these TV shows you see where they have these detectives and on this big board, they have all these sticky notes and pictures and lines going all different directions and notes to try to keep track of what they're trying to do. So I envision that was going on in your mind and in these notebooks. Oh,
1: and no, I had a big board as well. It was right by my writing station and... I would clear it off every time when I'd go from the first draft to the second draft to the third draft. I'd clear it off because now I'm working on something else. Ah, <laughs> now it's yeah. no longer just major plot points. Now it's getting into it. So my board was a, just a dry erase board, and I had just notes all over it and notes and stickies and magnets and everything I could put on it to kind of keep me in track and keep me... uh uh, in the story, so to speak. And what's really hard is if the influencer, such as yourself, doesn't normally read books. That's, that's a huge hurdle. I'm lucky in that everyone that I've successfully begged into reading the book has ended up really enjoying it. And I've, I've had people read it who've told me they haven't read a book in 10 years and they loved it. So it is hard getting the non-reading influencers to actually pick it up. But once they do, that's, uh, I, I've been, thankful and blessed that uh, everybody seems to really love it. They, they send me emails. Uh, I get random phone calls from people that say, hey, I just read your book and I loved it. And then, oh, that's, wow. that's that's what it's all about. That's why you write, because you're certainly not going to make any huge money on it.
0: <laughs> well, it's certainly rewarding. And I told that to Dan when he first sent me the book. I mostly read business books and things like that. And I hadn't read a novel in a long, long time. And I said, I don't know, this is going to be a little tough for me to get through. But I even did a little video on my Facebook page that I think a a lot of you that follow me on social media probably saw. So, uh, very, very rewarding, most definitely. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a project aha moment. It's a time when those headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way in a new direction or in the right direction. How did your aha moment help you make this book
1: a reality? Hmm, an aha moment. Well, I, I think my aha moment, uh, at least how I would define it, came like during the writing of the book. While I was writing it, people's names, storylines, dates, times, uh, you know, everything changed a little bit. And as things developed, I was going, oh, wow, it would be really great if this would happen. And I thought, well, it can. <laughs> I can just write it that way. <laughs> but a lot of times you have to go back and change things. Well, one of the things that changed was the title. It wasn't uh, originally called Carality. I had once produced a TV series called It's All About the Car, and the book was originally titled It's All About the Car in New Orleans. And then kind of out of the blue, when I was writing a scene, uh, the one where they're negotiating the working agreements and, he, and Andy's pitching to the crew, trying to get them to get on board, he calls the show. It's, it's kind of a reality show. It's like a carality. And that kind of came out of the oh, blue. Oh, okay. Aha. Uh-huh. And I said, wow, the, you know, that's fits. So I kind of just changed the whole name. And then it was just a matter of fine, of doing a find and replace and getting the old name out. And I was able to use my past television program as one of Andy's these successful ventures. And, and so it, it it became part of the story, but it actually changed the story a bit because now that we went to that type of production, I had to go back and redo the pitch and redo the original. So the mm. aha moment was when Andy said it was a chorality show. And then I said, oh, that's gelling everything together.
0: You know, this is so cool that the character created the title i mean this is an interesting loop that's going on here starting to see the workings of your inner mind it sounds like a fun place for sure what makes this book so special for you and why are you so proud of the final publication as you should be by the way
1: hmm proud of it well i'm I'm very proud of it the book is special to me because It really is a darn good story. You know, not every writer wants to write a novel, and and there's a good reason for that. It's a real challenge keeping that fictional world cohesive and coherent. I mean, writing articles uh, like for the newspaper and stuff. I have all my notes. I know what it is. I'm telling a story or I'm, I'm imparting information that is correct. And all I have to do is follow the facts. Fiction is a whole different world. You're laying the groundwork. You're keeping people entertained. You're, you're giving them a reason to keep turning those pages. And I'm proud of the fact that, The majority of people who've read the book have loved the book, and I mean they really love it. It wasn't that long ago that I was handing out huge copies and two-inch three-ring binders to my first readers and wondering if the story even made sense, much less if it was entertaining. And there's a lot of self-doubt that goes into writing a novel. So it's an incredible kick when people you don't know leave you messages and tell you how entertained they were for the eight or 10 hours it took them to read the book. Uh, I think that's probably what makes me the most proud when I when I get that unsolicited feedback that people I don't know have said, oh, I really enjoyed this. When's the next one? That's, (laughs) That's the question I get a lot.
0: I know in the beginning you talked about this being your first book. Are there other books that you've written?
1: Well, not really books. Uh, as I told you, I've written a lot of fiction, but it's always been, you know, short form fiction for magazines and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my first book, but I think that almost every idea I've ever pitched and every script I've written and basically every project I have finished is, is kind of tied into this book. Mm-hmm. I actually pitched the idea of a chorality style segment when I was working on a TV series called RM's Classic Car at the Auction and they're RM's. Now they're RM Sotheby's. Mm-hmm. So I pitched it to the senior producers. I was working as a field producer on the program, and they just turned it down flat. They said, oh, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard of. Just <laughs> go back and do what we tell you to do. So yeah. I kind of filed that away, and it became a central element in the book. And lots of things that I've thought of over the years are central in this book. So it may have only taken 11 months to write the first draft, but it's a book that was decades in the making. Well, is there anything about the book you would have done a little differently? Nope. If I'd have done anything differently, I, it wouldn't be the same book. And I think it's a darn good book. So, no, I, don't, I wouldn't change anything.
0: Awesome. Nice answer. Well, do you have another project coming up? You mentioned people have asked, hey, is there another one coming? So is there something kind of mulling around in your head?
1: Well, when you read the book, you'll, you'll realize I'm, I'm pretty much an audio geek now. I used to be a video geek. And, you know, I, audio is just so much more fun. And what I really want to do is an audio book of Chorality. Even though I've made my living for years as a video guy, it's like the audio really is the fun part. So I want to do a kind of a docudrama, old 30s radio style production with all the ambience and different actors and just a little bit of over the top voice acting, that that kind of stuff. I think that would be a, a fun thing to listen to. I want to put people in the environment so that it has a really beautiful stereo field and they feel like they're there with the characters as they're talking. So I'm actually working on a chapter right now as an audio book uh, kind of introduction. So I'm hoping to have an example of it on my website before too long. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'd like to do it as a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe or something or other. So
0: Brilliant idea.
1: Huh. I'm thinking next year, 2018, is when I uh, hopefully get to start that.
0: I think that'll be fantastic. And- Another little thing I wanted to tell our uh, listeners out there is there's a little card that comes with this book, Carality, a tribute in New Orleans, and it's kind of cool. You have a little, uh the Carality reading experience that Dan's put together, what to do with week one, week two, week three, week four, to kind of help you get over the hump of the size of this book. You've thought of a lot of cool little things, so very, very creative. Well, is there an author in your past that has kind of inspired you with some of your writing skills and talents?
1: Yeah, I think I'd have to claim inspiration from Elmore Leonard because his books are genius I, I I like to think that my characters are, are just as quirky and flawed as his are but <laughs> in the same likable way you know mm-hmm. so far nobody's compared me to Elmore Leonard but one of my Amazon reviewers compared me to Carl Heisen, which I did some research on, and it seemed like you know my kind of author, so I picked up one of his books. I'm going to read it on vacation, which starts next week. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, after he read one of the first editions, my editor at the Union Tribune did compare me to a really famous author that I thought was a good fit, but he made me promise, don't publicize this until my review comes out, which, of course, <laughs> I'm going to respect, because yes. I want that review. <laughs> yes. And as an aside, he did tell me that both myself and Ernest Hemingway had at least one Thing in common, and that we both needed good editors.
0: <laughs> you know, we all need great editors. I'm right on the same uh, game plan as you when it comes to that. I wish I had somebody here to help me with some of that sometimes, my weekly blog, or even what I say on this show. So, uh, good editors are a uh, uh, godsend. So, Dan, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's hear a word from our sponsors. And I know you and I have, uh, we share a little uh, love for Covercraft, and Covercraft has been so kind to be a sponsor here on Cars. And before we jump into my little commercial spots, I'd love for our listeners to learn about your Covercraft experience, because it's a really great story.
1: I love Covercraft. Uh, That company is just so customer service oriented. When when I first got my 64 Cutlass, I said, oh, I don't have a place to park it in the garage. My MG was in the garage and the Cutlass wasn't going to fit in there anyway. So I knew I needed to cover it up. It had been sitting in a garage for 30 something years, so I didn't want any more. Sun damage and such to it. So I said, this is a great car. I've got to get a great cover for it. So of course I went to covercraft. They're the best. I ordered a, what the, what they called a semi custom cover and I was all anticipating and they sent it to me and I said, oh, this is great. And I unfolded it and I put it on the car and the front and the back hung over just a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit. And so I said, well, you know, maybe they don't know that this doesn't quite fit this car. So I took a couple of pictures and I sent it to them. I said, hey, love the cover, love the fabric, love everything. Just wanted to let you know, it doesn't quite fit in the front and the back on a 64 Cutlass. They got back to me and they said, if you would be so kind as to measure your car, since we don't happen to have a lot of 64 cutlasses lying around, <laughs> yeah. we would be happy to make you another cover, a custom cut fit cover this time. And then we can use those measurements for the next time someone asks for right. it. And I said, oh, I'll be happy to. I loved it so much. I did a video for those guys and <laughs> just put it on my YouTube <laughs> channel. I didn't I didn't monetize it or anything. I just said, this is who I love, Covercraft. They will take care of you.
0: You know they will. I've been using Covercraft car cover since I was in high school down there in San Diego with that son, and I'm going to post a link to that video that you were so kind to make for them on your show notes page and uh, as my listeners know, I love Covercraft. They're a sponsor here. We are very grateful that they support the show, and I'll talk about them a little bit more right now Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? is with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars yeah! website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Dan, we are back and we're entering into the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick obelips of the throttle answers. So you ready? I'm ready. Let's drive fast and take chances. <laughs> All right. Cool. What's the best a uh, book writing advice you've ever received?
1: Hmm. Book writing advice. You know, I don't believe I've ever received any book writing advice, at least not for novels. I remember back when I started writing for magazines, mainly like fledgling Mac and computer gaming things, your whole writing goal was to get enough articles together so you could get a whatever for dummies contract because articles really paid you literally next to nothing. And they still don't. But I don't know anyone else who's written a book. And I tried not to troll all the how to write a book sites because I figured it would just confuse me with a lot of conflicting information and such. So I thought, well, I already know how to write. I've been writing for years and I've always complained about not getting enough words to tell the story that I wanted to tell. So I decided I was going to write my novel my way and do it based on the knowledge I had at that time.
0: Frank Sinatra, he did it his way. So (laughs) I like that. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your ability to complete this uh, enormous project?
1: I said it before, and, and I'll say it again, and I don't think you can emphasize it too much. At least in my experience, you have to set and follow a schedule, period. You don't deviate. I personally find a certain joy in committing to something and following through on it. Uh, and so that's my advice. That's what gave me the ability to finish the project is to always adhere to the writing schedule.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, and that works in so many aspects of your life. You use the analogy of going to the gym. Same thing there. Anything you do, set a schedule and just follow through. Stay consistent. Persistence and tenacity, those are the keys. Now, we talked a little bit about this, but I'd love for you to share some of the resources you used and you accessed while writing Chorality, a tribute
1: in New Orleans. Well, I'd say the Internet should probably have some sort of credit in the book. I'm surprised I didn't put it in there, the (laughs) Internet. I'm a stickler for accuracy from the model numbers of specific audio devices to what year they quit offering the Cobra package on the Mustang 2 mm-hmm. to the, the to the distance between the Kleisenhaus house and the Berghoff. You know, I I really wanted my book to be incredibly accurate uh, down to the point where if you look at the date and times that start each chapter, you will see that nothing overlaps. Mm-hmm. You will see I, I went in and researched how long it took to fly from L.A to New Orleans and how long it took to go from the airport to downtown so that my characters could arrive at time. I used, I hate when you're reading a book and all of a sudden are you watching a television show and they said, Oh, I've got to get to the East coast. And all of a sudden they're there.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yeah.
1: How the heck does that happen? That was not going to happen in my book. Everything was as accurate and detailed as possible. And I just lived on the internet. I have so many bookmarks on my web browser that i've got to clean them off eventually but now i kind of look at it as a badge of honor look at all these places
0: you know that was one of the things as i dug into this book that i went this guy knows cars because the details that you put into things i went whoa the person that wrote this he, he understands cars because those little nuances those little tiny details and you can't trick a car guy Car people know cars, and whenever you are at an event or something and somebody starts talking like they know about cars, then you realize pretty quickly, no, they don't know. That's not the color they made that car that year. That's not the model number. All those types of things. So Dan knows cars. You will find that out very quick as you start strolling through reading the pages of this book. Now, the book is available right now. Is that correct? Right this very second, 24-7,
1: 365 on
0: Amazon. <laughs> on Amazon. There you go. And and again, I'll have links to the book on dance. Show notes page on the Cars Yeah website.
1: It's really easy to find if you just type Carality into the search box. It's the first selection. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, that's kind of one of the benefits of making up a name.
0: Yeah, Google it. It just comes up to the top of the line right away. So very cool. And and again, I'm going to remind you at the end. But again, uh, one lucky listener is going to win a copy of this book. So uh, stay tuned here, and I'll tell you how you do that. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question sometimes can be a bit of a doozy. If there's one singular message you'd like. Our readers to get and glean from reading Corality, a tribute in New Orleans, what would that message be?
1: A message. You know, I don't think there's a message. I, I wasn't trying to prove any points or support any causes or change anyone's mind about anything. I was just, you know, trying to write an entertaining book. And the only thing I really want my readers to think when they're finished is, wow, that was a really good story. I enjoyed that.
0: I see a movie in the making here. I could see that with this book. It's so complex and so interweaving. So uh, ah, absolutely fantastic.
1: Mark, you are not the first person that has said that they think this would make a movie. From the very first draft, almost everyone I has sent the book to that has read it has said the exact same thing. And I always tell them the exact same thing back from your lips to God's ears.
0: <laughs> yes, it's some producer with a big fat checkbook. <laughs> there you go.
1: Carality is for sale. It is. The film rights to Carality are for sale.
0: Yeah, there you go. There's an opportunity for somebody out there. Well, Dan, you have taken us on an awesome journey, an awesome ride today, just as this book does. And I've really enjoyed talking to you and getting to know you better. And I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey in this first book of yours, Carality, a tribute to New Orleans with me and the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset?
1: Well, you got to write about what you know. You got to be enthusiastic about your characters. You got to let them breathe. My characters really wrote the book for me. Once I set the framework, they just went to town within that (laughs) framework. And I was just typing as fast as I could to get it down. I would say that would be the advice I would give to an aspiring novelist is make sure you know what you're writing about. It's hard enough to write characters and dialogue and interaction without having to come up with the framework of your book. You mentioned that it really is a, it's a car book and most people think of it as a car book. I really think of it more as a, a book about video and audio production and that world that takes place within the car industry. So there's, uh a, a lot of things that I, I combine together in my personal knowledge to be able to write this book and to be as detailed. So that's the advice I would give other people, you know, write about what you know and let your characters do what they want to do.
0: Absolutely. And we can all thank Max for uh, all those inspirational walks to get those characters
1: all working together nicely. So, yes, and, and it's funny you should bring up Max, because, uh, again, I wrote the book after Max passed, and and he actually had a really big scene in the book that takes place on Bourbon Street in the bars and in the bands, and and I thought it was a lot of fun, and the, the scene itself was really fun to write, but it didn't go anywhere, and there wasn't any hook that made it necessary to the flow of the book. So, I ended up having to take that out. There was a number of areas that I had written in early in the book, and I meant to kind of tie it up later in the chapters and I never found a way to do that, so I had to go ahead and take it out. So I think it'll he'll be a more integral character in the next one. What's
0: the best way for our listeners to get a copy of Corality, a tribute in New
1: Orleans? You can find the book on Amazon. That's where most people like to buy their books. You just type Carality into the search box and it'll be the first pick. I have a website for Carality. It's www.carality.com, but I can't claim that there's a lot to do there. You can sign up for the newsletter, but I'm not that great about putting out the newsletters so you won't get flooded with stuff. You can also contact me through the website. I really get a kick when people are contacting me and telling me about their reading experience, and that's how most people find me. There's also an audio interview from the guy who wrote the foreword, who's a really big guy in the car world. So uh, I'd say those are the best ways to get it. And I hope you do.
0: I understand, too, the books available at um, Auto Books, Aero Books, because Tina Van Curran, the owner there, has been a guest here on Cars. Yeah. So if you're in the L.A. area, that's another
1: nice place to get it. Right. It is. And thank you for mentioning that. I, Tina would not be happy had I not mentioned <laughs> that. So I'm glad you brought that up. Uh But yes, it's kind of fun to be in an actual brick and mortar store. That's that's something that I would say the vast majority of self-published authors cannot claim.
0: Absolutely. She's got an iconic store there. It's been in L.A. forever. So if you're in the L.A. area, stop by there because uh, Tina's a great lady. Definitely. She's a car gal, too. Well, listeners, you can find links to everything that Dan has shared with us today on his show notes page at carsia.com slash J. Daniel Jones. Just go there and check it out. i will put that video for Covercraft, but links to his website, and a quick, easy click to get your hands on the book. And you know what? One lucky Carsia yeah! subscriber is going to receive a copy, a signed copy of this very cool book, Compliments of Dan. So go to the Carsia yeah! website. Subscribe by hitting the free book button. I'll send you my free filler-up ebook. Your name will be in the hat, and a couple days from now, I'm going to draw a name, and we'll shoot a book off to you. But for all the other folks, my goodness, get your hands on this book and read it, because it is absolutely fantastic. Dan, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise, and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the Carality
1: Road. And thank you, Mark. I realize I have been pressuring you for, well, it seems like months now to, <laughs> know. to read the book. Mark, you got to read the book. I mean, I don't want to talk with you until you've read the book. And and hopefully you understand why. I appreciate all your words of enthusiasm and, and your your enjoyment of the book as well. But That's the hardest thing, getting people to pick it up and read it.
0: Yeah. Well, I encourage again, all my listeners, get your hands on this, read it. You will not be sad. Take it on vacation with you or just take some time every day to sit down and enjoy some of the chapters. They're short, which is kind of cool because it helps you kind of break up this giant war and peace of books, as I call it. So thank you, Dan. It's been a great pleasure talking with you.
1: My pleasure, Mark. Thank you.
0: What's every automotive enthusiast dream? Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage... No, no, no,